Welcome to the Rename Podcast. I am, as always, Jordan. With me on the show tonight, I have Sam. Hello. And Chris. Yo. Uh, as promised, this is part two of our Oscars podcast. The show has aired. We all we know all the winners. So we're going to spend the hour talking about the Oscars telecast, talking about the winners, talking about our, our pleasant surprises, our greatest disappointments, and probably talking about a lot of other weird things as well. So stick with us. And we'll be talking about this year's Oscars. Um, why don't we start at the very general level and very obvious point of what did you guys think of the telecast? Chris, let's start with you. Um, it was a pretty tame uh, program as far as things went. Um, I Even the morning after, I tried like thinking back on several of the moments that came out of it, and it was sort of one of those things where I had to like go to BuzzFeed to refresh myself. Um, although that might have been, uh, partly due to the fact that I was at a pretty fancy Oscars party. Um, so, it, it, Were you at the Vanity Fair yes, party? Yes, I was at the Vanity Fair party. I didn't, oh, I nice. don't want to name names, Jordan. But I was, I was a little late, so I didn't get in. I know, I know. I, I would have seen you. I tried to scale the wall, but no dice. Uh, no, I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was enjoyable. I thought, um... The the length of it didn't really wear on me a lot this year, which is weird because I think it was even longer than it tends to be in, um, at least in recent years. But uh, for the most part, I found it to be enjoyable, if not exactly memorable. All right. Sam, what about you? What did you think of the telecast this year? Um, as just like a show and a piece of entertainment, I think I think they're very, very lucky that well, at least as far as I'm concerned, I felt I felt lucky that I was so wrapped up in the winners this year, because if if I had been really not digging who was winning these Oscars, it would have felt like an unbearable slog. Um, but I think I think they kind of got lucky in that they had such a good group of people winning this year, or at least an interesting group of people winning and getting up on stage that it didn't feel as um, terribly long as it actually was. I think uh, DeGeneres, Ellen DeGeneres, she kind of had one or two okay moments. I don't think I'd say she was like really like uproariously funny, but she kind of had good moments. Like I kind of liked the selfie thing, which kind of turned into a big thing on Twitter. And I think watching watching the Oscars on Twitter just as like a collective experience is uh, is really fun. Just like with all the people who are live tweeting it. Um, and I think that's that's one of the fun things about Twitter. It's true of sporting events too. Uh, it could just be like a lot of fun that everyone's kind of engaged in this thing while it's happening live. That said, I think my issue is not so much with the length. I think it probably went over a, like about a half hour, or maybe an hour. Um, it was a half hour, right? It went over about yeah, a half hour. right. Because I think it was it was tabbed to be three and a half hours, which is like a weird length, but. It went four, I think. Um, yeah, it was three. It's supposed to be three. It went three. Oh, now, okay, okay. Yeah. It's confusing because of all of like the like you know pre-show crap and stuff like that. Um, the uh, is I, it, has the red carpet always been like uh, two hours an hour? long? And was it two hours? Years? It was. It was an hour and a half an this hour. year. It was. It seemed yeah, long. It an, to I, I I feel like the show used to start at five. Now this is just talking from my memory of Oscars, which is always skewed. But I feel like the show used to start at five and started at five thirty this year. And so I think the red carpet used to go four to five, but it might have gone three thirty to five because honestly, I never watched the red carpet until it's like the half an hour before the show when we're usually live blogging. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I don't pay that much attention to the, the red carpet. Did either of you watch the whole red carpet? I watched a lot of the. I wa- I didn't watch any of the E red carpet, which was kind of like E, e red carpet. I think is kind of for the hardcores, and yeah. uh, the ABC red carpet. I watched some of that with Ash, which you know it was fun to comment on what people were wearing and whether we thought people looked good or bad. But man, those interviews are so empty and horrible. Yeah, I re- uh, I, the, the part of the the part of it I saw, yeah, that one woman just saying like this thing is like a character in the film to everyone. Yeah, well, that was that was like a pre like a tape bit that they had set up for like uh, talking about, I guess it was costume design, um, that sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I just I hated the interviews with like the red carpet people that they had. It's just like, oh, it's so good to see you. you're so great in this. You're so good. It looks like you guys had a lot of fun making this. You're excited to be here. You brought your mom. That's basically every single interview it was. And that wasn't entertaining. I think my problem with the show wasn't so much that it went long, but it's just the content of the show. Yeah. Like, it didn't really justify going long to me. I feel like they had a lot of weird montages. Apparently, there was supposed to be a theme to this Oscars. There was, like, a hero's theme. And I just... Yeah, the, the theme was heroes, and there and then the different montages that I we saw that were so random. Each one was like a different like type of hero. So there was like the animated heroes, and then there were like the activisty type heroes, and there were I think like the thrill movie actiony heroes. That could not have been less well conveyed. <laughs> no, I, I I wouldn't have known that unless I would have, I, could, other, I, could, I mean I had to read about it. I could have told it, you so that no. they had the action hero montage, but that was the only thing. And the anime. That, the anime yeah. thing didn't play as heroes to me. Um yeah, ba- based on the the montages we got, I would have said that the theme of the night was movies. Yeah. Just movies. I wanted to, I did want to talk about the montages because um I I feel like I think this pretty much every year, but especially this year I thought cut these montages and celebrate this year's movies. Like, I understand that the Oscars is an occasion to celebrate film, but I get kind of tired year, every year of the generic, like, aren't movies great? We obviously think movies are great. We're watching the Oscars. I feel like you could celebrate these movies, and I also think the Oscars could be used as, like, a way to evangelize the movies that are nominated, which apparently the Academy thinks are great, and which are often re-released in theaters to coincide with them winning a bunch of Oscars or, you know, the last few weeks before they win. So they could really be pumping these movies up. Um, I don't know if you guys felt the same way, if you liked the montages. What did you, what did you guys think? Chris? No, the, mo- the montages. Oh, Sam thinks the montages. Yeah, I, Chris. <laughs> I, I thought they were incredibly generic. I, I Like I said, I had no idea what the coercive theme was because like I, I was kind of in like a noisy room when I was watching it, so I would miss a few things here and there. And I definitely missed what they were when they would like lead into the montages and when you look at those things you have really no idea of what they're trying to convey by these assortment of clips other than the oscars really loves movies we all love movies that's what we're here for as you just said so it that didn't work the theme of heroes didn't really tie in at all for me uh i don't really know that i need the oscars to have any kind of larger theme other than the past year in movies i i don't think we need um at least a show-wide theme, I, I could see maybe devoting a smaller portion of the show to a particular thing. Like, um, uh, when, when, um, was it last year that the theme was the musical? Yeah. Which pissed me yeah, off. Yeah. I mean, too. like, 
which which well, for what, me didn't... wasn't it like it was the musical is back or something right something like that yeah because it can't just be like the musical is a genre of movie so but it yeah. was like it was which, like there were so many musicals the last... and also chicago was a musical yeah so well, like i think they had the guys from chicago like the chicago people like produced the oscars last year like there was definitely like a chicago tie yeah, there was a, which, there was made a it, real... which made it horrible because Chicago is not that good. Well, Chicago's fine. It's just not a Best Picture nominee, but that's really a different conversation. Yeah. Oh, I think it's the conversation we're having. Today. Cut, cut to the next <laughs> forty-five minutes being us just movie clubbing Chicago, even though none of us have watched it probably in years. No, not for a long, not since it. I think I maybe have seen it once since it won Best Picture, and uh, yeah, when I did my back in the day for the website when I was doing the top ten movies of every year in the decade. Uh, leading up to 2009 best movies of the last decade, uh, I did rewatch it, and I thought, again, I thought it was fine. It did not make my top ten list, I don't think. Uh, much less the best movie of the year. Anyway, so I guess you guys both agree the montage is useless. I'm not standing in the woods on that. Do you think they should have... Chris, you said you're not sure they should have a theme at all except this year's movies, so I guess maybe you're on board with me on the celebrate these movies. Sam, what do you think of this? I think it's a good idea because I know everyone, I know, like you said, that it's an opportunity to kind of celebrate the nominees that year, but it can also be a good way to like kind of give shout outs to good movies that maybe, you know, didn't get nominated because there are always, a, you know, a bunch of really good movies that just there isn't room for. Yeah, that's so I mean, that, that's there, a good there's idea, enough like... stuff out there. There's enough stuff out there from this year that you could like slap a montage together from basically every genre and every tone that you can need for a montage that they didn't do. And I also kind of wish they did something a little bit more substantial for the in memoriam than just like the, the, uh, like the title card with like the headshot and then Bette Midler singing wind beneath my wings. Like, like did like all Philip Seymour Hoffman gets is like his picture with, I mean, I, I mean, I get that like you don't, you can't, you you can't really put yourself in a position where you like prioritize people's lives over other people's, even though the Emmys kind of did that this year. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it's like if if Bill Murray hadn't had his like Harold Ramis moment, there wouldn't have been anything for Harold Ramis's life or contribution other than there wouldn't be other than the like the placard he'd get in the in memoriam reel and Philip Seymour Hoffman. You know, didn't get a shout out at all, and he's like one of the most prolific actors of this kind of generation, and he got nothing. I I, I actually thought that the only way anyone would talk about Philip Seymour Hoffman is if Amy Adams won, um, and that didn't happen. So, um, so yeah, I thought that was kind of unfortunate, and I feel like they had time to give kind of equal, like they could have put a montage together of just about everyone that has like a reel. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like they could have like for the in memoriam, they could have just gone like given everyone a little bit more time instead of just like the cards and just cut the other stuff well, down. I was going to say also just cut the cut Bette Midler singing, especially because I feel like usually they have someone sing under. Yes. Montage, yeah, they don't have... Which I definitely prefer because make the montage longer. You don't need like the montage was done. We were all just staring at Bette Midler for five minutes, which is fine. But not like we're not watching the Tonys. I don't really need a bunch of musical numbers except the nominated songs. 
I can just go, if you want to have music under it, let the orchestra play under a memorial, or let someone sing and play, you know, play that under the memorial monument. Well, I think that's the way they've done it in the past. Yeah, um, that just makes more sense to me. Instead, and I like, feel, and I feel like five more minutes. And I feel like in the past they have kind of done like kind of Oscar clips for the people. Um, but that might just I be... Think, I think the danger there is then what do you do for the, like, the behind-the-camera people? Like, what do you do for the people who maybe there isn't show, much? Well, you can show clips from their work. I mean, if there's somebody who's either a producer for, like, a notable movie, like, show clips from those movies, and, you, and you'll still have the placard that says producer of such movies as this, this, and this. Or if they're, like, a stunt person, show stunts from said movie. Or if they're, or if they're an Oscar winner who... You know, if, if they're just kind of like a sound person who won an Oscar, show a clip of their Oscar speech because the Oscars has that. They have all that in their archives. Um, basically, I think what I was saying is there are a lot of different things you could do with the In Memoriam segment. You could come out and do little tributes from people who work with those people. You could um, do clips like Sam said. I think there are, there are a lot of things you could do that would be more satisfying than what we got this time. If nothing else, the only thing I would say definitely is cut the musical number after because... That didn't make any sense, and also when Beneath My Wings is not a very good song. Yeah, I, I, I personally kind of prefer the orchestra for um, as opposed to like an individual performer because I like the idea of kind of combining the two, and I think the I, I could see them putting the performer afterwards just as it's so like it's less distracting from like the actual people up there. So just just let the orchestra do it. Just let them play something for a while and just let that breathe a little bit more. Yeah. Um. Okay, so I wanted to talk about one more thing before we switch from telecast to the actual awards, which was the uh, the famous Ellen Pizza gag. Um, I feel like this has been fairly divisive, so I wanted to he- uh, hear what you guys thought about this. Chris, what did you think about this? Um, as a whole, I found Ellen to be a little bit more charming than actually funny, which I think if you can walk away from hosting the Oscars with that kind of impression, I think you've done a great job because for the most part, the hosting the Oscars is really a thankless job that you can pretty almost pretty much almost always um, just come away with being a, being a like a complete catastrophe. But I thought Ellen did a very good job on the whole, but none of the gags I found to be very um hilarious or anything i i, I like the pizza thing i thought it went on a little too long um i thought it was again it, it it's it, it was just it made me smile it didn't really make me laugh or anything or um i didn't really want to see more of that gag it, it went on long enough for me it was fine i don't really have that much of an opinion on it sam but that one was fine i mean i think the problem is, like, I think part of her job as host is to kind of shuttle the, sh- the show along, and I don't think she really did that. I think, like Chris said, I think some of the bits kind of went on a little bit too long, and I think that's probably because they were kind of they were kind of not written. They were kind of improv. I mean, the pizza guy she brought up was an actual pizza guy right. that brought pizza, and and when she was kind of going through the audience with these celebrities and the pizza, that clearly was not a scripted bit. Or, I mean, obviously Ellen planned on doing it, but clearly nobody else was, like, in on it. So it kind of just, it it wasn't, like, paced particularly well, or at least efficiently. So I think a lot of that sort of stuff kind of went on a little bit longer than it needed to. There was a lot of weird product placement. I mean, ultimately that famous selfie photo was product placement for that 
uh, Samsung phone, I think. And um, though I kind of like that, I like that it was that the she recognized that the Oscars was kind of this big Twitter event, and it was kind of just fun to be on Twitter for all of that. Um, but you know, she was fine. It's it's just kind of like Chris said, it's kind of a thankless job. Everyone everyone kind of gets ripped for the Oscars unless they're like so pedestrian that everyone's just kind of shrugs and goes, eh, it's okay. I mean, no one's going to be Bob Hope up there. It's just, it's, it's a tough gig. And usually there's always just a joke at the end. It's like, we ran on time or sorry, we ran late. Um, so, you know, she was fine. I like Ellen. Um, I'll I will take Ellen every time over Seth MacFarlane. Oh God, yes, again. yeah. Um, I, and you know she was she was pretty much harmless. I think she had she had one like kind of edgy joke, kind of ripping Liza Minnelli at the beginning, which was like, whoa, <laughs> she went there with Liza Minnelli. Okay, um, Liza Minnelli just didn't have a very good night. She really did not. I felt bad for Liza Minnelli. I liked- um, she she got ripped at the beginning. There 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 are pictures on the internet of her trying to get into the selfie and failing. Um, she didn't get to sing "Over the Rainbow" in honor of her mother for whatever reason. You know, that would have been a really good pick. <laughs> right? You? Like, should we, pick, <laughs> should we pick Liza Minnelli, the daughter of Judy Garland, who is a very good singer in her own right, or Pink? I mean, then again, like I don't know, I don't know how well Liza can sing at this point in her life. Um, yeah, I mean, there are many, like, I don't know for a fact that she wanted to sing. Like, maybe she thinks, like, it, you know, it's too emotional for her to sing that song or something. Who knows? Yeah. That's another um, thing, guys. Did you feel like the tribute to The Wizard of Oz was particularly memorable or moving? Because I literally forgot about it until Jordan just brought it up now. I thought it was super weird for several reasons. One of which is they didn't really make it too clear why they were doing Wizard of Oz. And another thing is, if it's its 75th anniversary, it's also the 75th anniversary of about 150 other great movies, because that was one of the best years in movies ever. Yeah. It, got, go ahead. I mean, that, that just goes back to this whole um, sort of like directionlessness in the theme of the Oscars. So, so the theme is heroes, but there's also a tribute to the Wizard of Oz. There's, and none of it is actually really spelled out or all that central in the telecast. It's just so many different things all going on at once, getting the bare minimum of recognition that you can give it and not really given any sort of like depth or um real uh like 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 a tribute that would be some way meaningful or moving like uh, what when if you were going to plan a tribute to wizard of oz i mean that's the first thing you think of play over the rainbow like that's that's just really like again the one thing the first thing that comes to your mind and i think like the most basic thing you could do to pay tribute to something like that. And as you said, like there's, there's other movies that this would also be an anniversary for. So I'm, it, it, it just seemed like a very odd spattering of things that were half-heartedly committed to in terms of the wider themes of the telecast and things that they were paying tribute to. Speaking of that, one of the things that I kept thinking throughout the, uh, all the montages, but also in the wizard of Oz, it's like, Oh, wizard, you're complaining, you're paying tribute to wizard of Oz, which, didn't win Best Picture. Like, oh, look, Indiana Jones, which, like, didn't win basically anything. Like, every time they showed a popular movie that everyone's going to go, oh, look, I thought, like, that was not a big Oscar winner. Neither was that. Neither was that. So it was sort of, to me, drawing attention to a lot of things with the Oscars, like, the way the Oscars is out of step with what people tend to like generally. Yeah. Um, as for, I, I, I think we can probably shut down talking about the telecast, but I'll say, like, I actually really enjoyed the pizza gag, mostly because 
Ellen committed to it, which, like, when she made that one-off joke, I was like, this is funny only if she actually brings a pizza guy in and is handing out pizza. So I was happy that she committed to that bit. Um, though I'll agree, Sam, that you're right. Having her not do a bunch of improv bits probably padded out the show longer than we needed. Um, it also cut down the amount of bits I think she was able to do, because when I really think back to what Ellen did as a host, I remember the pizza gag and the selfie gag, and that's about it. I also think her opening monologue was was not good, but again, not good is kind of the standard for Oscar opening monologues. She didn't Billy Crystal her way into every movie, um, which I didn't miss, so I guess fine. Mostly, I feel like the, the telecast is is the thing I care least about the Oscars thing, and I think this is exactly right. Like, stop pretending to be the Tonys and just, like, show us the awards. I very rarely care about any of the, like, performing things that the Oscars does, with the exception, again, of the original song nominees. I could use a little less showmanship and a little more of the show. But basically, I think the point we were getting at uh, as we're closing out our conversation on the telecast is I feel like we're doing a little bit of Monday morning quarterbacking because there are a lot of things that we can criticize and a lot of things I am criticizing, but not always necessarily the best ideas to make them better. Um, are there any last thoughts you guys have on the telecast before we move on to talking about the Let's awards? get to the awards like the show eventually did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's yeah. taken us almost as long to see the awards that took them, I think. are most happy about coming out of the awards. Uh, I feel like we probably have basically the same things, but we'll go around and, and say, how about one award each that, that we're really, really happy about how it turned out? Uh, we'll start with you, Sam. Sure, I think the happiest I was easily was uh, Lupita Nuango winning Best Supporting Actress. Um, well, one, because she deserved it, um, and two, because I was so damn sure that Jennifer Lawrence was going to win it because she's kind of, you know, the it girl right now, and a lot of people really liked her in American Hustle, um, and I was just kind of afraid they're going to kind of go with Jennifer Lawrence because she's really popular and everyone really likes her, um, but I was glad that the Oscars, you know, picked, picked the right actress to win the award, and Lupita Nyong'o gave an amazing speech, and I don't know what kind of speech J Law would have given. I'm sure Jennifer's would have been a little bit more uh, kooky and endearing, but I mean, actually, it probably wouldn't be more endearing than the speech Lupita Nyong'o gave. Um, but she gave a, an excellent speech. She totally deserved to win. Um, after after she won, I was kind of like, all right, I don't really care what happens the rest of the night. The only other big one for me was that um, "Let It Go" won Best Song, just because I couldn't, I couldn't take U two winning that award. If I remember, U <laughs> two U two won it for the Golden Globes, and I hadn't heard the song, but they played it obviously on us Oscar night. It was a horrible song. Yeah, it's, it was not very good, um, and definitely not better than two or maybe three of the other nominees. Honestly. I think, yeah, I think all three yeah, of, I think all, of the all of the other ones uh, were better. Good picks. Chris, um, what about you? What was the thing that made you happiest uh, on Oscar night? Uh, I think the thing that made me happiest would have had to be uh, Spike Jones winning for her and Best Original Screenplay. Uh, I, for the most part, was kind of thinking it was a foregone conclusion that that was either going to go to American Hustle or Dallas Buyers Club, and I was almost sort of beyond thinking that Spike Jones was going to have any sort of moment at all during the 
that night get any kind of recognition for her, which I think was my favorite film of the year. So to see him win for what I thought was a phenomenally well-written screenplay that just was absolutely gorgeous page for page, I would love to actually just read those words because I think it was one of the best uh, scripts that I've seen enacted this year. It, it made me really happy to see that get the recognition that it definitely yeah, um, deserved. So now I have to be angry at you for stealing mine because that was the only moment in the entire ceremony that I actually jumped out of my chair and cheered because I figured, like, uh, I, I was doing an Oscar poll at the time and I figured that was one of the ones I was voting with my heart. But I thought, if her wins anything tonight, it'll be in this category, which is usually where the Academy Awards people who do something brainy or weird they don't totally get. Um, and so I was really happy to see that one. But the other thing, I think the other yeah. time I was as the happiest, besides the two you've mentioned, which... I think Lupita winning was my other big surprise. So thanks a lot, you guys. This is what I get for, for going last. Um, but I, I, I just think I was, I was almost equally happy that 12 Years a Slave won Best Picture because this was, I think, the most open Oscar race, uh, best, best Picture race, probably in our lifetimes, maybe even further. Um, it could have gone to American Hustle, and that became a lot less likely as the night went on. Uh, it easily could have gone to Gravity, which is picking up trophies left and right. So I was glad I went to 12 Years a Slave because while her was my favorite movie last year, I knew that wasn't going to win. And 12 Years a Slave was my second favorite and I think deserved to win Best Picture. Um, it's not every year that we get to say the movie that won Best Picture deserves it even remotely. We had a, we had Argo last year, uh, for example. But <laughs> I got to say, this is a little bit more spiteful of me, but I was also pretty happy at the end of the night when I realized that American Hustle was shut out because usually I criticize the Academy for awarding uh, shiny mediocrities like American Hustle um, about, uh, over movies that are really fantastic. And this year they didn't. This year they saw through it like most of the other award shows didn't and they shut it out, which I just it's something I'm going to keep in mind next time I'm shitting on the Academy for just going with the mediocre movie because every once in a while they don't. Um, so yeah, I was very happy about that, even though it, it sounds terrible to me to say that. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was kind of thinking the same thing. I mean, you know, the Oscars has that thing where it kind of makes me hate movies that don't really deserve my hate. And I think American American Hustle is just that kind of movie where it's like, I don't hate American Hustle at all. No. I just, just I didn't I, I just didn't want it to, like, go into the Oscars and, like, win everybody's awards. It was um, this year's Argo. It was, like, it was a movie yeah. that, that outside of award season, I think, is like, fine, all right, good job, okay. Uh, and then when it starts to win everything, I, it just makes me angry at a movie that I otherwise wouldn't be angry at. Um, so while I had to be angry at Merrick Hustle and several other award shows, I didn't have to be angry uh, at the Oscars, which I really didn't have to be angry almost at all at the Oscars, um, which brings us to our, our next question. The thing that made <laughs> you guys the angriest at the Oscars this year. Um, why don't we start with you, Chris? Uh, you know what? I think we're all going to have pretty much the exact same answer for this one. So I'm going to choose something else because I know there's one category that I think we all, uh, were irate about and that we're definitely going to talk about in length. So first off, I'm just going to mention something that, um, kind of really pissed me off really early in the night, which was the award for best makeup and hairstyling. And I'm going to say that I, I definitely agree with it going for Dallas Buyers Club, especially when I found out the whole thing about they only had like a $200 budget for makeup, which is astounding. Yeah. But the thing that the thing that pissed me off about that category, and this isn't really so much about the night itself, but I guess maybe just the first time it was brought to my attention. Um, only three nominees in this category. 
You're telling me there aren't two other great hair and makeup jobs worthy of maybe mentioning during the Academy Awards? I, I know, again, this is less thing about the actual telecast itself and the actual awards and who got the awards, but it's just, it, it really uh, brought it to light when every other category you're talking about five nominees um, that you're just not talking about two spots in this instance. I, I don't think that's necessary. I think you can mention two other great um, contributions by these artists. That's a great question, actually. Uh, I think we can use that to divert from the question for a minute because... That's true of original song, which only had four nominees, and it's been true. Of well, there, there's a bigger reason for that one. What's the bigger reason? Well, they, they had a pullback the, the fifth one. Yeah, uh, yeah, but I mean, they could have nominated something else instead. Um, yeah, but they, and, they and we've got Best Picture, which ha- could has been able to have up to ten for the last five years, and has only had the ten in the first year that was allowed. It makes me irate every year that they don't nominate the tenth Best Picture, uh, tenth Best, uh, tenth movie for Best Picture, because I feel like there are a lot of good ones that. You just know, miss the cut. Yeah. Like, who cares if it's a movie that the rest of the Academy, like, it, it, it was the minority vote for whatever reason. Like, throw another movie up there, even if it doesn't win anything. You're saying, like, there are other movies worthwhile. I always feel like not filling a category leaves me thinking, like, did the Academy not think there was a 10th movie worth recognizing? Well, maybe, maybe, maybe it, there was just, like, a, uh, you know, like, a six-way tie for ninth which is very possible. Yeah, I mean... Like, if the, if the way... Like, and then what do you do then? It's a, well, it's a vote. The way they vote is people rank their movies, and so they take the top ones. And I, but what you do then is, if there's a six-way tie for ninth, there's still got to be a tenth. Like, even if a movie got one vote, and only one vote, and everything else is distributed across nine movies, just nominate the movie that got one vote then. I guarantee you there are outliers in the Best Picture. And, like, if it got one vote, it's not going to be a challenger to anything else. But it's still, like a movie that someone thought was worth recognizing. And I think it's better to recognize 10 movies, even if one is a distant outlier in terms of the votes it gets. Plus, if you have a distant outlier, you're more likely to get a weirder movie or like a more mainstream movie that isn't getting a lot of other recognition or that isn't getting a lot of award recognition. Well, I'm not entirely sure how the nomination process works. So to my, because... under- to my understanding, they get to, they not, they rank their nominees. Um, and then, so once they've gone through everyone's ones, they go to everyone's twos, et cetera, et cetera. Uh huh. So is so are they voting for best picture as they nominate? Uh yeah. Well, they're they're yeah. I believe so. The nomination process is is honestly a little bit clouded to me. That doesn't make any sense though, because that would disprove everything we know about campaigning for movies. How so? Because if if when they nominate the movie, there's already a winner. No, they vote again once there's a slate of nominees. There are two rounds of Oscar voting. Okay, because if why do they need to vote a second time if they have everyone voting, putting the same one at number I one? I also think that, so I don't know how this works for Best Picture. It's, seg- it's segmented in the first round for most of the categories into, like, the actors vote for the acting awards, the directors vote for the directing, et cetera, et cetera. I don't know how it works for Best Picture. I don't think it's just the producer's side. Um, <laughs> we should look into this, because it is still kind of a mystery to me. But in any case, I don't think they should leave any open nomination slots because I mean if you're thinking about it at all that's just yeah it's like Chris said earlier it's like what did the Academy think that there were no other good makeup jobs in all of Hollywood in last year and if they think that they're clearly just delusional because there's a lot of great hairstyle and makeup out there and they could easily recognize two other movies for that but that's the thing like that means it has to be a voting quirk because right, it's a voting quirk I think they should fix is what I'm saying yeah. um 
because it's just it's ludicrous to to yeah. only have three nominees. And like, if you have to do another round of voting, I think they should do another round of voting. I imagine that would be expensive and complicated. I don't really care <laughs> about that part of it. <laughs> Someone does. Those accountants, who we'd we? Usually we have the big speech from from Ampus and the accountants. Maybe they knew they were going long (laughs) and they're like, we're not going to send out the accountants to the slaughter. Um. (laughs) Um, I don't know if this is what Chris was talking about. I wasn't really outraged by anything. The only two things I would have been like actually upset about were what I said before, uh, supporting actress and song. And I only would have really been upset with song if you two won. Um, so that was really rooting against more than rooting for. Um, <laughs> just that's just, anything that's that just you do. I, I mean, I was I was rooting I was rooting for Let It Go, but I also was rooting against you two. Like if Let It Go couldn't win, just please don't let it be you two. Um, but I, I I really didn't find myself like angry angrily shaking my fists at the the TV about really anything this year, which is why this is one of my in terms of you know, who won this year. It was one of my favorite years. And I think we talked about this before the, before the broadcast was that it's, it was such a strong year and the nominees, a lot of the categories were really, really stacked, you know, director. There were a ton of really good directors in director category this year and best picture. Yeah. A lot of really good movies in best picture this year. And this, it was, it was like that for a number of categories. The only one I was disappointed by, and I assume this is what Chris was talking about was for documentary. Chris, yeah. is that what you were talking yeah. about? Yes. Yeah, uh, I, you know, my uh, The Act of Killing was one of my favorite movies last year. It was, I think, number two on my list. It was, it could be number one depending on what day you ask me. On the day I wrote my list, I put her first, probably because I had just seen her, and I was twenty feet from stardom. Uh, it was stuck in my head, but um, you know, that was definitely a movie where, depending on the day you can, you ask me, it could be my number one movie, and it lost to. What was it called? 10, 20, feet, 20 feet from stardom. Um, I haven't seen it, so I can't say definitively that it's not better or more worthy. Just from what I know about it, it's probably probably more of kind of the feel-good um, type documentary rather than the not-feel-so-great documentary that was The Act of Killing. Um, and I think The Act of Killing was kind of the critical consensus for being the best documentary this year. Um, and it lost, but, you know... 20 feet from stardom, you know, they got a good, they got a good Oscar moment, you know, with the woman singing from the movie. And I'm sure that would have been more, even more resonant had I seen the movie. Um, But, you know, I wasn't even that angry, even though I think, I think the act of killing is kind of like a landmark achievement in documentary filmmaking. I'll I'll one up you and say I think the act of killing is very possibly the best documentary I've ever seen. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, sure, maybe. It's one that I probably even I, I ranked it lower I think than it deserved to be on my list, and it's one of the things I've been beating myself up for as I am wont to do about my uh, my year end list is I think it, it is like if it's not the best, it's top five documentaries I've ever seen. Sure. Um, easily, and it's it's insane to me that the Academy didn't. Uh, didn't reward it for that. My only assumption is the same that I had every in the documentary category, which is they didn't watch it. They watched the fun one and they, well, you know, that's, but that's the case in every category every year. Yeah. There's no doubt in my mind. I actually, I was that... thinking the day after, uh, after the ceremony, I was like, I wonder how many people voted for 12 years of slave. Cause they felt like they should without having seen the movie. Cause I know, uh, <laughs> those, stories, those stories came out back in what November or whenever Oscar screening started that like, 
all of the Oscar screenings that were being held for 12 Years a Slave were virtually empty, and, like, the people there were like, yeah, none of my friends in the Academy wanted to come, because they thought it was gonna be too hard to watch. Um, I remember reading all of those, and so I wondered... But, that, I mean, that's true, that's true of the nomination process and probably all of the categories where people had a vote and they saw something that was great. I mean, if I had a vote for documentary, I would have voted for, um, you know, The Act of Killing, but I haven't seen the other ones. Right, but... I mean, obviously, if I had been given a vote, I think I'd try to go out and well, see yeah, all of them. that's the thing, is I feel but, like uh, you should be required to see all of them. Yeah. That's, again, a really hard thing to do. Um, you can't... Yeah, I mean, there's no way of really enforcing that. There's a way. You just have uh, Academy-sanctioned uh, screenings uh, and people have to be at that. Hollywood secret, Academy secret police... <laughs> I was going to say, like, do you have an armed guard no, just, by the, these old to, men? You have to have uh, a smaller voting pool because it would be, you'd just have to have screenings that... Yeah, but the problem would, the problem is, I think Academy members are so spread out everywhere. You can also, I mean, you can also, there are ways to do screeners on the internet that you check if someone's watched, like, and I mean, yes, they could play the movie and go into another room, but like, I feel like more people are watching it if they have to. But Jordan, Jordan, I think, I think like... Almost all of the Academy members are senior citizens. That is absolutely correct. So I'm saying you have like a smaller online. voting pool, but I would rather have a smaller voting pool and people watch the movies they're voting for. I yes, of course. I I wish. I actually, when I was looking at like kind of just like going over the list of nominees, if I was, if I had really tried, I think I could have seen absolutely everything. It, yeah, it was not hard. I saw pretty much it, everything. I mean, I mean, part of the reason why that was so easy is because, like, there was the same big batch of movies that kind of got nominated for everything. Yeah. Um, it wasn't, like, so spread out. There's a there lot of so many random things. Um, but, yeah, you know what? I, I don't know if it's because I've kind of become so used to the Oscars making me angry, but I just wasn't really angry at all. No, I was happy with pretty much um, everything tonight. I think the one neither of you mentioned, and I, I'll probably get a little bit uh, from one or both of you on this, the only other time that I was disappointed is I was disappointed that McConaughey won. Um, not because I didn't think he was very good, which he was, but because I just, in the same category uh, with Chiwetel Ejiofor's performance in 12 Years a Slave, I just can't see how McConaughey is better. I just can't see my way there. Yeah, well, we were talking about, I was talking about this with uh, Ash when we were watching, and it's just like, he's kind of, he kind of got lost in the conversation about 12 Years a Slave, like everything around it. I think all of the other performances kind of became the talk of the Which movie. I think Lupita Nyong'o. Well, he was great, but I think Lupita Nyong'o. People were talking about her performance, which was great too, and uh, Michael Fassbender. And I think he was just—he was kind of quietly great, and he was great. And I think he was definitely deserving. He was probably deserving of Best Actor, but I think he just—he wasn't the story that came out of like screenings of that i think a lot of people were kind of like surprised about lupita nuango or kind of surprised about kind of like the horrible villain that michael I, fassbender played but i think it's kind of like a you know a small injustice that he kind of got lost in all of the you know good things that were in 12 years of actually, if i'm naming the uh the standout performance from that movie it is lupita nuango's um but i still think like it's not a small injustice that he didn't walk away with Best Actor. To me, it's, it's a massive... It's a large injustice? Yeah. I want to up the injustice. How big? What 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 American tragedy would you say it's a big <laughs> I would say it's equivalent to the Trail of Tears. Oh, okay. It's not, it's not you know, it's not Civil War 
level uh-huh. of tragic. Uh, but yeah. I think it is equivalent to the Trail of Tears in terms of American tragedies. Okay. Um, Thank God you said yeah. that. So, and again, I don't begrudge Matthew McConaughey having an Oscar. I think I, I think he was, of the three movies he was in last year, he was the worst in Dallas Buyers Club. But I don't think that's really saying anything negative about his performance because he was phenomenal in both Mud and The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, The I, Wolf of I, Wall Street, he was great in The Wolf of Wall Street. I'm going to give him more credit, though, for Dallas. But I haven't seen Mud, I heard it's great. But I'm going to give him more credit for Dallas Buyers Club than Wolf of Wall Street. He had one amazing scene in Wolf of Wall Street. I don't think... I give him more for I that. Would one, almost I, I will also supporting actor for that over Jared Leto for Dallas Buyers, but I think people think I'm crazy for that. <laughs> yeah, you are crazy for that. It was it was um, a five minute scene. You know, um, I, 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 I thought would... actually I thought Leo was going to win, even though he wouldn't be the best in the category. I just think I think we talked about this before, but I think on part one um, on part one of this, um, I think there's been kind of like this groundswell around Leo not having an Oscar, which I think is totally justifiable. I don't think he's he's a particularly amazing actor. Um, so, but I thought he I thought he was really good in The Wolf of Wall Street, and if they gave it to him, I'd kind of like see the logic behind it, even though he wasn't the best in the category. Um, but when I was watching the telecast, I was rooting for McConaughey because he was the speech I wanted to see the most. Um, and I'm glad he won because he kind of gave a batshit narcissistic speech. I I really liked his speech for how crazy it sounded. And then he ended with, all right, all right, all right. And I was happy. His speech made me happier than I think anybody else's speech could have made me happier in that category. Even if even if he wasn't necessarily, like, the best. Yeah. I was rooting for the speech. I can, I can understand that. Um... Hey, it's out of it's out of my control. If I had if I had real control over this stuff, of course I'd pick the person I thought deserved it most. But it was out of my hand, so I was rooting for rooting for speech. Yes, because I thought like Chiwetel Ejiofor probably gave no, definitely gave by far my like it wasn't even close um, by a long shot. And also because I I just I didn't think Del- both McConaughey and Leto were awesome mm-hmm. in their roles, but I also thought that like they were very obviously telegraphed to win Oscars roles that they didn't necessarily do anything other than be pretty good in roles that are designed mm-hmm. to win Oscars. Exactly. Chris, was, Chris, did you have any? So, any what? That made you angry. No, yeah, you're right. I remember you skipped yeah. a... His makeup thing, which I yeah. think is completely valid. And, and, and I'm actually more angry about your thing than I am about McConaughey winning. But I gotta be angry about something, otherwise this this segment of the conversation will stop, right? I wasn't right? angry, though. I really wasn't angry about anything. I just kind of like... You know, when... when um, the Act of Killing didn't win. I was just like, oh, okay, I mean, the 20, they're, they're going for the happy route with the documentary this year. That's fine. And it, I wasn't surprised yeah. that it didn't win, but that doesn't mean I wasn't angry about it. And I wasn't, you're right, Sam, I think I've ever been watching the Oscars. Which was a nice change of pace for me, I think. Yeah. Feel that blood pressure just lowering down nicely. I did, like, my blood pressure was at a fairly even keel. With I think my two spikes were uh, the act of killing and Chiwetel Ejiofor not winning, which is why and happy spikes. But you didn't think he was going to win. No, did I didn't you? think I didn't think he was going to. I thought the act of killing might, um, but I wasn't surprised that it did. I didn't think he would win at all, but there was there was a little bit of fury when he didn't, just because he oh so deserved it. And like for the most most of the rest of the night, maybe even I think the people who deserved it won. Yeah, I mean, I I think yeah. it was. Which, how often do we say that? I think we should give the Oscars their due on that front. 
Yeah, on, on the whole, I would say for the most part, they really did. Maybe if in the, even in instances where I wouldn't say they exactly got it right, I would say, yeah, that was a good choice. And I think that really speaks to like the really strong pool of nominees that there were this year. That in every category, even when it wasn't the person that maybe I was pulling for in that category, I can kind of like logically take a step back and say like, yeah, you know, this was also an extremely impressive performance. This was also an extremely impressive sure. um work on sound design like this is these were all great strong nominees for the most part across the board so you really had like a lot of instances where either people i was agreeing with were winning or people who i could really recognize that yeah they probably deserve to walk away with an oscar the only one again that i come back to that i really had a hard time swallowing was uh 20 feet from stardom because i um in, in that category i really have to say that i thought that was the weakest of the bunch maybe tied with one of the others for the, the bottom tier but of those five uh I, I i did not expect to see that one walk away with the award and it's it, it's in both in terms of subject matter and the way that um the story was told it was just a very safe very conventional offering and maybe i am an idiot for expecting the Academy Awards not to gravitate towards something like that. But like when you have it up against the act of killing and even films like Dirty Wars and the and um, Cutie and the Boxer, uh, it, it's just it, it, that was an amazingly stacked category. And for me, they went with the one that was by far um, the one punching up. And it really shocked me when that was the one that won. I, I think I think we talked when the nominations came out. And we talked again last week a little bit about in terms of like you said. Chris, whoever wins, I was mostly going to be okay with it. You know, I mean, with very few exceptions, I thought walking into this, okay, like I can see any of them winning and being okay. Um, I have a, I have a pick always, but I, I didn't have as many things. I, I think I would have been mad if Jennifer Lawrence had one, and I love Jennifer Lawrence. I just think like uh, Matthew McConaughey versus Chiwetel Ejiofor, but maybe a little bit more. I think like they're not even in the same league. The performances that were given. Uh, the actresses, I think, probably very much are. Uh, I think Jennifer Lawrence can be fantastic. I just think she gave a uh, fine performance in American Hustle, and Lupita Nyong'o just like blew the doors off the place in in yes. Slave. But for the most part, I think like every category was so stacked this year that it was hard for me to be upset. Um, but even beyond that, I think most of the things that I thought should win did win this year, which is yeah. I mean, I, I I think one the category that kind of defined what this year was, I think was best director. Cause I mean, that was a category. It had Martin Scorsese and, uh, it had Martin Scorsese and Steve McQueen. And when Alfonso Cuaron won, that seemed perfectly fine, you know, which yeah. is like so weird, Yeah, <laughs> but it was like, that's how good this category was. And this year was who else was in that, um, there were t- other two really good uh, Alexander Alexander Payne. Ma- uh, Alexander Payne, who was excellent too. So it was like such a stacked category. I would have been happy with any of them, and in a, and in a category when you're saying when I'm like literally not rooting for Martin Scorsese uh, in one of my <laughs> top two choices, like that's an insanely stacked yeah. year. Yeah. Um, and you know the dream for me was Quaron winning director and Twelve Years a Slave winning there picture. Um, I thought, I thought Steve McQueen's direction was phenomenal in 12 Years a Slave, and, like, I wouldn't have been even slightly disappointed if he had won. I think it would have been totally, but I just think, like, 
the best way to recognize gravity is to throw directing its way. And the best way to recognize 12 Years a Slave is to recognize that it's probably the best movie of the year, or, you know, one of the best movies of the year. And gravity kind of made things easy in terms of, you know, the anger quotient in that a lot, basically every technical award, you couldn't really argue with gravity winning everything. Right. So yeah. that I just mean, like, took, that took a lot of potential angst and anger and frustration off the table because it's like, well, of course, Gravity's going to win for best cinematography, and of course, it's going to win for like you know all these other technical things like sound editing and sound mixing. It's Gravity. Yeah, I I usually have a little bit of a tendency to kind of brussel against the sweep like Gravity had this past Sunday, but. When, as you said, when it really comes down to it, yeah, there's really no argument for a lot of the technical awards. I had most people I were watching with, I was watching with, we were rooting for Sandra Bullock to win actress as well, just because she carried so much of the movie. A lot of yeah, people. but who are you watching with, Jordan? I mean, <laughs> I, I heard that. I heard that uh, justification as well with the people I was watching with. I, I personally disagree with that. Um, Oh, I think Kate Blanchett yeah. absolutely and by a thousand percent should have won. Although I also think I said this of two nominees I didn't think should win, uh, Sandra Bullock and Julia Roberts. I think what they did this year was probably the best I'd ever seen either of them. Um, with Julia Roberts, with both of them actually, I don't think that's necessarily a very high bar. <laughs> that's um, like with Julia Roberts, this is like this is one of, if not the only performance of hers, and probably the only Oscar-winning performance of hers I've ever seen that I that I thought was like. Oh yeah, this is really good. Um, so it's not like I'm saying they were stellar, but career best work is the sort of thing you think this should win yeah. an Oscar. So like, though I I don't think Sandra Bullock should have won an Oscar, I don't think I would have complained if she'd won for Gravity because this is the best performance of hers she's ever given. So I I can't say for sure that I don't think it's also Kate Blanchett's best performance though, and I think Kate Blanchett's best is several leagues above Sandra Bullock's best, but that's a different question. Um, okay, so we should probably wrap up our conversation in the next couple minutes. Uh, things that you guys wanted to, to get out on the table before we close down the show, um, either specifically or in general about the show, the Oscars generally, uh, or movies. Like, let's just open it all the way up. Talk about anything. When you say talk about everything, Jordan, we can only talk about nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Way to host, Jordan. I figured you guys might have strong opinions left uh, that we hadn't touched on okay. yet. I wanted to open sure. up wide enough that you'd be able to express them. How All right. Um, Inside Lewin Davis wasn't nominated for anything except for, I think there was one thing it got nominated cinematography. for. Cinematography. Got nominated for cinematography. Yeah. Should have been a Best Picture nominee. Um, should have been a lot of other thing nominee. Uh, best Actor yeah. nominee. Best Actor, Best Writing, Best Directing. Yeah, I would definitely have given that uh, a Best Screenplay the nominee. Song I always get mad at Best Original Well, that's not an original song, so I can't really. Please, Mr. Oh, you're talking about I was thinking of the uh, Fairly Well, yeah. Fairly Well. Dink Song. Yeah, uh, Dink Song. Dink Song is not original. But um, the reason Please, Mr. Kennedy was disqualified is because it too closely resembled other songs of the period, (laughs) which is the fucking point of the song. (laughs) Like, if it had not, it would not have been a good song and worth nominating. So it's basically like, yeah. if you're doing a period piece and writing an original song for it, don't sound like you're from the era, otherwise. <laughs> but original song has a long history of weird, weird quirky rules. things disqualifying. Yeah, you remember when, the rest, like, when Bruce Springsteen did I was just going to bring that up, yeah. When Springsteen wasn't nominated for The Wrestler, I was just like apoplectic and deeply confused as to why. 
I still don't understand why. I still don't understand why France didn't submit blue is the warmest color. Oh, that I can explain. I cannot explain Springsteen because I literally don't get it. I think we must have talked Um, about this, but I forget the reasoning why. France, so Blue is the Warmest Color was not released during Oscar eligibility period for for international films. Wait, so so does that mean they can submit it next year for best? Yeah, it can be be next year's nominee, and I'd like it if they did. That'd be fucking awesome. (laughs) Because fuck the Academy and Blue is the Warmest Color is awesome. Um, But... I'm glad that The Great Beauty won because though Blue is the Warmest Color actually made my list, the thing I'm most angry at myself about is I think uh, I think The Great Beauty would have been very high on my list if I had made my list a few days later. Because I, I saw the movie before I made my list, but I just needed to sit with it a little while. And by the time, you know, a couple weeks had passed, I was just deeply upset that uh, I hadn't put that anywhere on my list. Um, and I think it even would have ended up higher than, than Blue is the Warmest Color. Anyway, I think Blue is the Warmest Color should totally be nominated le- next year, and I hope that France does that. Fun. I only I only got around to seeing one of the foreign uh, nominees, and that was The Hunt, which was really good. But I heard The Great Beauty was really, really good. So it was really, really good. I, I wasn't particularly angry, especially since I hadn't seen any of the other nominees, so I couldn't really be up in arms about anything. Like I was, I was up in arms. I remember when. Uh, Penn's Labyrinth lost to um, the lives of others, but I hadn't seen the lives of others yet. And I'm like, and I saw it. And I'm like, oh, okay. But <laughs> but at the same time, I still would have picked Pan's Labyrinth. But I kind of got why they picked uh, the lives of others. I I remember that was a big deal for me. I completely agree, and and like I think I was probably as angry at the time. Um, we probably watched it together. We watched the lives of others together, definitely. No, I mean the Oscars when Penn's Labyrinth didn't win. Oh, I actually think we did watch it together. Yeah. Um, no, we because it was before, because we saw The Lives of Others um, freshman year. Was that freshman year? I mean... But if we saw it freshman year, that means we would have seen it after... This was the 2006 uh, foreign film category. Yeah, but, but we saw... But we saw... I don't remember the timeline. <laughs> the timeline is very hazy. Because <laughs> we would have seen, we would have seen the whatever. This is a stupid debate to have on the podcast. <laughs> I think this is. I think I the podcast should just be us trying to remember various dates we've seen <laughs> yeah. the movies. Chris just named movies, and we're like, "Yeah, we've seen it." When did you see it? <laughs> I think I think uh, our listeners would really like stuff, that. Actually, guys. I, I don't know. Uh, okay. Yeah, I agree. I had a, I had a uh, low rate of foreign films this year, which is new. Um, usually I try to see as many of them as I can, but this year it didn't go too well. Um, better luck next year, I guess. That was that category and the documentaries, both yeah. of which I usually do pretty well in. This year were not, were not winners for me. Um, just in terms of what I'd seen. But... Yeah, for me it was animated films. I think I got to The Wind Rises and The Crudes. You should see Frozen. That was it's it for my category. I intend to. I definitely intend to. I think I only saw Frozen out of that group. How are the others, Chris? You can take or leave The Crudes. It's on Netflix right now. Um, it, it looks good. It looks really good, but... Uh-huh. I mean, there's not much there. Um, I, I really like The Wind Rises. I really enjoyed watching that. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted the wind ri- the wind rises to win. I don't know that I think it was better than Frozen, 
Um, I think Frozen was fucking fantastic. Uh, so I may be biased, but I don't know that I thought it was better than Frozen, but I also know that it was Hayao Miyazaki's last film, at least that's what he's saying. And Jeez. I kind of feel like if you're if you're ever gonna give an Oscar, throw an Oscar to someone uh, for their last movie just because it's their last movie, I feel like Miyazaki's not a bad choice. No, not at all. So yeah, I would have been okay with that. Although I do think like I don't know, it's it might be close. I'd like to see The Wind Rises again, um, and or sit on it for a while. But I would have been okay with uh, that one. I was perfectly happy to see Frozen. You know, a random thing that did make me angry that I forgot to bring up. Um, that they moved the honorary Oscars to another ceremony and we didn't get to see Steve Martin's speech. I mean, it's online, but it's like, uh, I really feel like the Oscar should have the honorary Oscar because those are usually like the historic speeches. I mean, one of the most famous Oscar speeches is, you know, Charlie Chaplin getting up there and getting his Oscar, um, and shit like that. And, and the honoraries are usually people like Charlie Chaplin, where they're not likely to have won an Oscar in a whole lot of other places, or the Oscars sure. fucked up and missed them in a lot of places they sure. deserved. Sure, yeah, and I feel um, like and, and instead of getting like a speech from Steve Martin, we got like a clip from like the end of his speech, and it's just why can't why couldn't we just fucking cut something to get Steve Martin up on stage? Again, I think just fuck the theme, do no random generic <laughs> montages, and give us give us our honorary Oscar speech back as well. Uh, although, the more and more we talk about this, the more I think, like, it's really hard to put together an Oscar show. Oh, yeah, it's ridiculously hard, but I, I, I do think that the theme is completely unnecessary and that I can tell you the themes of the last two Oscars j- shows just because they're the most recent in my mind, just because we mentioned them right here, right now. Next year, you'll be hard-pressed to get me to remember that the theme of the show was Heroes and what that meant to the telecast in any significant way. Well, also... I didn't know that it was Heroes until someone, whichever one of you told me that on this podcast, I think it was Sam. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that until tonight and I watched the show and paid pretty close attention. Um, and I only remember theme from the theme from last year because I thought it was so ridiculous and so poorly done as a celebration of that theme. No, it's uh, the Oscars should not yeah, be just, a This American Life episode. They cannot right. do a story on those themes. <laughs> Oh, unless it's they could barely do a montage. Then the Oscar can do that. I would like to see an Oscars where the theme is condiments. Ketchup. Part one, mustard. Part two, mustard. Part three, relish. Yeah, um, I like that. We all that's like a that's like a Simpsons joke from like last year. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's like the only Simpsons joke from the last maybe ten years that uh, I would be able to tell you off the top of my head because it's a really good joke. Um, <laughs> another thing. Good week for June Squibb. I mean, I know she had no chance in winning, but she was, like, really awesome in Nebraska, and she was awesome at the Oscars, and she was awesome on Girls this week. I don't know if you guys yeah, saw that. Yeah, I completely yet, agree. Oh, yeah. She was really good, so I'm glad she's having a good year, and good for her. Yeah. She we was, all love her. She was great. She was great in Girls, and um, she would not have been my my pick for Best No, but she was but really you know good. She would have, I wouldn't have been upset if she won. Um I would have been upset if Nebraska got more attention in a lot of categories, but I wish I wish Will Arnett or not Will Forte, Forte excuse me. Um, the problem is he's very clearly a leading performance, and you're not going to nominate sure, him sure, sure, or in addition to Bruce Dern. Yeah, like, I really maybe think, maybe they really can like think, finagle like a supporting and give Bruce Dern. Yeah, if they if there had been a way, I just don't know that maybe I don't I doubt Forte was like I have to compete as a lead, but 
I feel like maybe it would have been a hard pill for the Academy to swallow to call him a supporting actor when he's like very clearly a co-lead. Uh, and I, I just don't think you can justify nominating him for best actor in the category as it was. I think if he had been slightly smaller time, he would have been a shoo-in for supporting in my mind because I thought I thought his performance was fantastic. I also would yep. have objected to Odenkirk getting a nomination, sure. but I know that's a longer shot. Yeah. But yeah, June's Cope was so good. I would have liked to see her get an Oscar. I don't know if she's going to have a chance to win another one or get nominated again. But I, I would doubt I, both, but... I hope Alexander Payne keeps putting her in his movies because she's always good. Yeah, so. just throw her in your movies till she gets an Oscar. Like, <laughs> and make make your next movie fast because, you know, she's kind of old. Yeah. And make it make it about her. I know she's not a middle-aged man, But which that would is a actually problem. be a refreshing change of pace if instead of being about anything else. I mean, we had Citizen we had Citizen Ruth, but that was like 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and like That was like his first movie. <laughs> that being said, we all under pain in all of his movies. I don't know if any of them have ever been outside my top 10 list. You know, but Alexander Payne, friend of the show, frequent listener. I, I'm sure you'll do. Make your next movie about June Squibb. That'd be great. We would love that. Um, she would knock it out of the park. She'd probably win an Oscar for it. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone on this podcast, which, uh-huh. again, clearly we're fans of your work, uh, Mr. Payne. So maybe listen to our opinion every once in a while or return my letters. I know I would be. <laughs> His letters <laughs> containing Jordan's hair. Yeah. They, are, they, all, they all contain <laughs> clippings of my hair and toenails. Um, and random quotes from your movies, which I thought you would enjoy. Spelled out in hair and toenails. Right. Well, how else am I going to spell them out? I'm not made of ink, Chris. <laughs> okay, we're, uh, we're getting weird here, so maybe we should start shutting the show down. Any final thoughts before we let these good people go? These few people who are clinging to life listening to our podcast. It was a good year. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we complained a lot during this podcast, but I think for the most part, we're we, all pretty happy with yeah, the results. Yeah, yeah. I can I can bitch about the Oscars all day, every day, probably, and and still come up with new ways to be angry at them. But this is the least angry I've been in as long as I can remember, and possibly my entire life. Um, part of it is because it was a good year of nominees, but part of it yeah. is because I think mostly the right people won this year. So kudos to the Academy. And next year, if I am coming out of the gate angry at the Oscars one of you or one of you listeners remind me what a great year this was because it really was something to treasure when the Academy pretty much gets everything right. Uh, with that, as always, you can come to our website, check out when at reviewbenamed.com. You can follow us on Twitter at reviewbenamed. You can uh, email us at reviewbenamed at gmail.com. You can, you know, um, tattoo something onto your body and throw yourself in front of a train and hope that, uh, Ultimately, we read what it was written on your dead body. But please don't do that one because. Wow, that. Wow, Jordan. I, it's, I feel like it'd be publicized <laughs> if someone killed themselves with a large tattoo uh, addressed to us. But I'd prefer it if our listeners didn't throw themselves in front of a train. So let's just be clear about that. It's a, it's a possibility. <laughs> it's not what I'd recommend. And we won't be able to respond to whatever your message is if you're dead. Jesus Christ, Jordan. So please just. <laughs> Please stay alive during any and all communications to us. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to start over. Aren't we? Yeah, let's. Fuck it. Let's do the whole podcast from the top, guys. Wow. Usually, I, I have to be mad at one of you uh, for taking it to the dark place. This time, it was definitely me. 
Um, I'm sorry, those of you who are still listening. Please don't throw yourself in front of trains. We like you a lot. Um, with that, this has been the Review Name Podcast. I have been Jordan, and please welcome the wickedly talented, the one and only, Adele Dazeem. <laughs>